Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1037. Don't talk about it, be about it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Michael Senderovich. Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Michael Senderovich is the founder and president of Zyger Insurance in Agoura Hills, California. They offer insurance and asset protection, risk mitigation and project management, and employee benefits and payroll solutions. But Michael's also the producer and host of the Road Stories podcast and the creator of On Time, the most downloaded timepiece podcast. He's a serial entrepreneur, having opened several businesses that are operating today or have been sold, but his true passion is in the automobile field and watches. On Road Stories, Michael talks with people from many different industries about life and their life with cars. So, Michael, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles? Uh, I'll try after that introduction. That's going to be really hard for me to top. That was spectacular. I'm sitting here kind of taking notes from you. There so. you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, you pretty pretty much said it. You know, I uh, have a, a graduate degree in marketing, so I'm always trying to do anything that's marketing related. And, you know, what better way to do it uh, than to start something from the ground up? And I'm kind of one of those crazies where I like to tinker and start things from uh, from the ground up and see where they go. You know, most of the time they're in failure. But, you know, that's kind of the fun part. And, you know, a couple of them succeed here and there. Well, I like your attitude. Very commendable. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Michael, take the wheel. Sure. So, I'm actually going to plagiarize a little bit here, even though I'm going to give him complete and total credit. I had an employee several years ago. His name was Cody. He was stellar. And he always walked around the office with this swagger going, don't talk about it, be about it. And that (laughs) is something that just kind of uh, I hold dear to my heart because I'm an action taker. I don't like to talk a lot, contrary to what you might hear on this show and uh, my show. But I actually I'm I'm an action taker. Like, uh, let's talk less about it. You know, obviously, we want to put the plan together. I'm very kind of analytical in that sense. But I love the way that he just kind of, hey, I'm not talking about anything. I just want to put the work in and then we'll talk about it type of stuff. It's a great way to go through life. And, you know, we all encounter people who talk about a lot of things, but they never end up doing anything. And then there's there's those that are these quiet souls that sit back and all of a sudden, well, when did you do that? Well, they just got to work and they just did it. How, How have you incorporated that concept into the many things that you've gotten your hands into over time? Sure. I mean, the bottom line is you can only plan so much, right? You know, when I was in graduate school and even before that, everybody always talks about analysis paralysis, you know. So it's all about kind of looking at everything, doing SWOT analysis, things like that. And I kind of don't do that. I mean, I plan things out just because I need to see things visually and just kind of get an understanding of what I'm going to do. And then I just go for it because there's no risk for the most part, you know, that is life and death. Right? I'm not trying to get on a, a motorcycle and break a, a world speed record because, A, I don't ride motorcycles, and B, I'm very, very like kind of non-risk averse, so I'd love to take risks. 
Uh, and I know that if I do get on a motorcycle, I'll try to go for that 200 mile an hour record or whatever that record may be. It basically, it's just um, something that I, I kind of just do. You know, I get up and go because the worst that can happen is, you know, I fail and I learn from that failure and I just move on. Yeah. Well, I like your attitude about failure too. That's a tough attitude for many people to to have, but it's a great attitude. I had a guest on the show who said that every year she sets a goal of a thousand, I should say a hundred fails. She really tries to fail. And at first I thought, well, why would you try to fail? But the old story was what you're sharing is, I'm just going to attempt things I've never done before and they might not work. And you learn, you learn so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. I know you're a car and a watch guy and it's Interesting how those two things seem to go together because they're mechanical, they're beautiful, they're useful, they're really cool. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy. Oh, man. I was born in the Soviet Union in the 80s. And, uh, you know, having a car in the Soviet Union is like the ultimate of luxuries. Like you having a, a car that people would consider, you know, like a raggedy kind of piece of crap here in the States you are like a millionaire in the Soviet Union if you have a car, regardless of its condition. So my uncle and my grandfather and my father, actually, they all had cars. And I was like, whoa, you know, we made it. And I just remember those cars being such pieces of junk and working on them perpetually and like having to bondo the side of the car because the car caught on fire because the fuel tank is, you know, janky. And there's so many different stories. And yeah. If there wasn't any kind of like specific moment, there were just so many great memories of me like either bonding with my father or just having a blast, you know, that it's anything wheel related. Well, growing up in the Soviet Union and then immigrating here, wow. I mean, there's a whole show we could talk about that in and of itself, uh, most likely, because I think about the 80s, I was out of college starting my career and cars were just, well, of course, everyone has a car. What's the big deal? So sure, sure. when you hear a story like that, you kind of have to stop and realize what was going on there at the time and how difficult it was and the fact that some folks decided, you know what, there's something better somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere else. And kudos to you and your family for doing that. So welcome. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Now, you're a serial entrepreneur, self-described. That means you like risk. You like the roller coaster ride. And definitely things can go wrong. Things can create challenges or you can have great failures. So I'd love for you to share one of those with us. One that really kind of set you aback. I, I understand failure is not a big deal for you, but maybe there's one that kind of put you on your heels a little bit. Walk us through it. And tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you moved forward in your career or your business or your life. Sure, sure. Um, I want to kind of clear something up before I kind of get uh, get going on that. Failure is, I wouldn't kind of say that it's a, a not a big deal. I would say that I just kind of embrace it at this point. So if it was a big deal, I'd be kind of upset about the failures and wouldn't be able to move on. So with that, I had to learn that. And I learned that very, very quickly. By 21, I was uh, you know, in business by myself. I started a business. By 25, I had made my first million dollars. Wow. Yeah. By 26, I had lost all of that money and then some because of a lot of different things, because of ego, because of complacency, because of just a sheer kind of disrespect for the business world. And what I mean by that is, I didn't have a contingency plan. And I just thought that, you know, again, going to the, to the ego parties, I thought that everything was going to be better. And we just got to kind of uh, man up and, and do the things that we need to do. And, and it's all going to be fine. I expected that from my employees, but I really didn't expect that for myself. And I didn't really do that. So what that caused is a whirlwind of problems, because I never, you know, 
I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say never, but I wasn't as involved as I should have been. And I should have had other plans and other ways of uh, like a continuity plan to keeping the business going. And I didn't. And so, you know, that re- resulted in a pretty drastic kind of uh, wake up call and many sleepless nights and, uh, you know, aging very, very quickly, even for a 20 something. But, you know, I got back up and I started a completely different business in a completely different industry. And it's still a struggle. I mean, we're still growing and, and we're still fairly small in comparison to our competitors, but we're growing at a much more rapid rate, about a 60 to 70% increase in sales every month. And not a lot of people say that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a pretty aggressive effort, but at the same time, there's a lot. I mean, this could be a 10-hour conversation, if not longer, but just kind of figuring out what the growth rate should be and not going even beyond that because it's even possible to do 100% growth rate, but we just think that it might be a little overkill. We won't be able to kind of sustain the quality of what we provide if we go above that figure. Well, it's an amazing story, and you hear this from a lot of different people. Now, one thing that comes to mind is a late friend of mine who was just incredibly successful in business. And he was so successful in one business that he thought that meant he would be successful in any business. And he went into another business and promptly lost a whole bunch of money and realized, well, just because I'm smart over here doesn't mean I know what I'm doing over there. Uh, was that a little bit of the case for you when you ran into that problem? Because that's that's pretty dramatic at a young age. To earn that amount of money and then one year it evaporates in a sense. Is there a one big takeaway you could share with a listener that might veer something like that from happening to them? I know it's, it's particular to your case, but is there something in general? You mentioned ego. You mentioned complacency. What would you share? Well, the ego definitely needs to be something that you keep in check because if you keep your ego in check, it'll allow you the opportunity to just understand what's going on and you really got to put the work in. You can't just put it on autopilot and assume that everything's going to be fine. You know, you really have to be involved in your own life and it's your own responsibility, not anybody else's. So, you know, my one takeaway that I usually kind of give to, I do some public speaking as well, to anyone that I speak to is you need to know what is going on. You don't need to be psychotic about it and like know every single tiny uh, detail. But, you know, overall, you have to know the health of your kind of state. And that doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, the health of your body. Just overall, you need to be kind of hands on and, and, and put the work in ultimately. Absolutely. Great story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of steer you down another path. Now, you've done a bunch of different things from your insurance business, um, your podcasting, and a lot of other things, I'm sure. Is there a big aha moment you can share that really caused you to pivot radically? So I read a book by Mark Cuban called How to Win at the Sport of Business. And in it, there's a line that he uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll uh, copy him right now. And I'll say that uh, there's no better equity than sweat equity. So I realized that the more work that I put in, the more output that I can uh, make. And there's that return. You know, it's it's pretty much exponential at that point. So that moment was like, okay, if I want X amount of result and this is my goal, then I got to put X amount of uh, time into it times whatever number, and then I'll get to that. There's no better way to kind of describe that. I think that if you do the work and you multiply your work and you are persistent and continuous with it, you'll get to wherever wherever it is that you're trying to get to. There you go. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car because, of course, this is Cars Yeah. So we're talking about cars and you love cars. So Share with us that first car that you got that had great meaning and maybe a memory about that vehicle. 
Oh, man. I, I can't really give you one memory, but I'll tell you that that car was probably the best time of my life. And it was a piece of junk. Um, and, and not because I received it as a piece of junk, but because ultimately I, I made it into a piece of junk. So I, uh, I inherited a car from my father, luckily, because my mom was really generous and decided to buy him a, a new car for his birthday. I inherited this totally awesome 1989 Nissan Maxima. And uh, my dad is a mechanic or was a mechanic. He loved to tinker. And I think that's where I get all of that from. And he uh, he'd soup that car up a bit. And that was a very fast, very um, poor handling because for the time I was pretty good handling, I guess. Uh, but a very fast car nonetheless. And, you know, I inherited it. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have the greatest time. And everything kind of happened in threes with that car. Um, we, I even kind of gave it a nickname as, as thrice because there's, you know, four gear transmission and I caused it so that, uh, only three forward gears worked. And, you know, every single time I would screw around with the windows and, you know, the, uh, actuators would break. So I'd have three functioning working windows at the same time. I, I popped tires left and right, you know, so it was like three of the same tires, one different tire. So there was just, it was so much fun. So many memories. I grew up in that car, sleeping in the back of it and coming up with excuses of not to go to school so I could spend time with my dad at his shop. It was was just a blast to have that car. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. Fun, fun memories. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a 2007 Honda S2000. And that was kind of at the height of when I was making really good money. And that was going to be my you know, my project car, my track toy, my, Hey, I love you car. And I I had to sell it because of obviously the circumstances. That was the most painful car moment that I've ever had. I'm not much of a kind of like a sentimental guy. I don't really care too much about certain objects, like an object is an object, but for whatever reason, I just had a really hard time parting with that car. And I just recently saw it in the classifieds in Arizona, actually, and whoever got it after, you know, I wish you all the best, but you ruined my car uh, <laughs> and modded it in kind of in a different way from my taste and, and, you know, modded it fine, but I'm just a bitter, bitter old guy. So it was uh, your actual car, you, the actual car? My you actual had. car. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in California. The car was sold to a dealer actually in Thousand Oaks and then it somehow got its, uh, you know, it's, it, it transitioned over to Arizona as its place of residence, I guess. And, uh, emailed the guy that was selling it. I was ready to buy it back and said, you know, the car was sold less than 24 hours ago. I'm sorry. And I tried to get the information out of him as to who he sold it to. And he just wouldn't give me those details. So one, one of these days I'll, I'll get back into an S 2000 or maybe even find my, my old car. Well, I have a saying, Michael, that old cars, past cars are like past girlfriends. The memories are great, but don't ever go back there. (laughs) I uh, I will take that to heart because, okay. uh, yeah, I get you. We've all been there. Exactly. Well, let's talk about current projects. I'd love for you to share with my listeners a little more about Road Stories podcast. And uh, Michael's been kind enough to invite me to be on his show, so I'll let our listeners know when that's going to happen. But tell our listeners more about this podcast, why you're doing it, what's it about, what people might expect to hear when they uh, they go and listen. Sure. I'd love to. I'd love to. So Road Stories actually came about when I was just kind of tinkering around on my computer, editing my other podcast called On Time. My first passion is is cars. My second passion is watches. I mean, I have a lot of different hobbies, but I would really consider those two as passions. When we started On Time, we kind of positioned ourselves in a really niche place with podcasts. We had an amazing team and uh, you know guys that were 
the utmost of professionals when it comes to sound. Uh, and we recorded this great product and edited and produced it, you know, in a way where we people thought that we had this tremendous budget. You know, it was kind of NPRE slash, you know, Radio Lab style of interview. I have a, a background in music. I'm, I'm a musician. I actually had uh, in a recording studio at my parents' house when I was like 16 years old, you know, all the way up to like 22. So I have a background in sound as well. And when on time, it was time for us to end on time. We'd said everything that we wanted to say. And we, we just uh, we thought that that was pretty much it. I needed something to do and I wanted to continue podcasting. So I was like, hey, I'd love to talk about cars. I'd love to hear people's stories about cars. And the way that the podcast is structured is it's a it's a very kind of I, at least I try to get a, a comprehensive look into the person that owns the vehicle. It's not necessarily just about the car. Uh, you know, the car is obviously a big portion of it, but you know, the human makes the car. The humans' emotions, the humans' whatever. I mean, it's it's what we perceive these things to be for ourselves, right? It's not like the car dictating to us is like this is how you should feel about me. So. I want to dig, you know, deep. I want to have really meaningful conversations and hopefully ask, you know, decent questions of the people that are super gracious with their with their time to either sit in front of me or, you know, to do it over uh, the phone or Skype uh, and just hear why they're where they are and how cars helped them get there. Well, I know one of your past guests is another past guest of mine. In fact, he's been on my show twice, Jonathan Ward of Icon. Uh, he's a great guy to talk to because, man, yeah. storyteller galore. Uh, you Absolutely. Could listen to him forever. So what's the best place for our listeners to find your podcast, Road Stories? Oh, great. Uh, so on iTunes, if you type in the Road Stories podcast, it'll pop up. You know, we're, we're pretty much on every platform for podcasts. Uh, we do have a Libsyn page. That's actually where we host the podcast. So if you want to listen to it on the browser, you know, you could just Google the Road Stories podcast and usually is one of the first top searches. We're pretty much all over the place, including YouTube. And if anyone gives us a listen, I would hugely appreciate it. We uh, put a lot of time into this thing and each episode takes anywhere between eight to 12 hours to edit. Um, so I'm really, really proud of this project, and, and I really hope that people enjoy it. And if they do, you know, leave me a review. And if you don't, leave me a review, too, because I love co constructive criticism. I know that I'm not perfect, and uh, there's always room for improvement. Well, and Michael, like I said, has been kind enough to have me on the show. So I'll let all you Cars Out listeners know when that's going to air so you can uh, listen to the mic reversed to me <laughs> on the Road Stories podcast with Michael. Very cool. And I appreciate that, too. Well, Here's a very introspective question for you, Michael. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? That is one of the hardest questions to answer because I feel like my personality goes from all over the place to all over the place. But I think that, I think Porsche is where I would like to be. Uh, they're just, they've done it for so long and that's not necessarily like it. It's, They've maximized what they've done in the time that they've done it. They've done it better than any other car company. And in fact, actually, any other kind of brand in general, there aren't many brands that can kind of show the same legacy as Porsche. You know, you could look at Apple and Apple kind of has these ups and downs and Porsche had ups and downs, obviously, as well. But I feel like the consistency of the Porsche brand and the quality of the product that they've produced over the last you know, 50 years there's not a match. You know, I was kind of moving towards the side of, you know, maybe a Ferrari, but I like reliability. So I went with Porsche. Very nice. Well, I know there's a reason I like you, Michael, because I'm a big Porsche fan, as my listeners know. So there must be some kind of tie in there. Very cool. Yeah. Iconic Mark and just continues to uh, to race along. Well, Michael, up next is the last lap 
But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yeah listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Michael, we're back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't mod your car, fix your driving. (laughs) I'm chuckling because when I was racing vintage cars, I had a mechanic that was assigned to me one time. I came in from a test session and I was complaining about the car. And he goes, well, you know, the best and fastest way we can make this car work better is to change the driver. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely right. I just kind of looked at him and said, I I think I'm paying you, aren't I? (laughs) Aren't you supposed to be nice to me? So... I like that one. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? People have called me stubborn, but I think a better kind of way to describe me is persistent. Yeah. Um, you know, not giving up is something that uh, I kind of pride myself on. So just be persistent. You know, entrepreneurs, and I've had well over a thousand now, of course, you being guest number 1037, persistence, tenacity, those are two key elements for entrepreneurs that stick with me from all the many great uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts I've had on the show. Yeah, once we get a hold of a bone, we don't let go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would enjoy? 
Yeah, there's a lot, but I think I'm going to narrow it down to Tim Ferriss. Uh, I read all of his books, even though they're massive and they take forever. Uh, his blog is fantastic. He doesn't really spam you with too much garbage if you sign up. Um, so Tim Ferriss's website's stellar. Yeah, very, very nice. I'm a subscriber too. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? See, this one was easy for me for, for some strange reason, and that's Carol Shelby. Mm, okay. Why Carol? He was one of those really gritty guys. You know, there wasn't a huge kind of backing that he had from the get-go. He proved himself. He's like, I can race cars, and now I know how to build them because I know what you know race car drivers want. He created such a legacy, and there really isn't, you know, there's a lot of different people in the automotive world. Someone's always going to have a negative thing to say about you. But for some reason, it's really difficult to dig that up on Carroll Shelby. You just seem like a really stellar guy and just brilliant as, uh, as all hell. And if I sat down in front of him, I don't think I'd leave him if he let me you know, for like two weeks straight. I would just have question <laughs> after question after question. He was a character for sure. I had a wonderful evening with um, Peter Brock and awesome. at awesome. his home. And I asked him, I said, what was it like working with Carol Shelby back when you were designing the Daytona and the GT350? And he said, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great stories. And uh, uh, what a character. I mean, just truly a character. And and in a way like you, Michael, I mean, he just, he just got up and started moving every day. Just did it. Whatever it took, he just did it. And you think about what he accomplished over his life. It's quite amazing. And especially when dealing with the big car companies that he dealt with over those many years. So yeah, that would be a fun talk for sure. Well, how about a book? I know you mentioned Tim Ferriss. He's written a lot of great books, but is there one particular book you'd like to share with our listeners? So I'm going to break a rule here and I apologize. I can't give you one book. There's too many. That's okay. But I narrowed down three. Okay. So I mentioned one earlier, How to Win at the Sport of Business by Mark Cuban. Excellent book. Uh, Really short read, not too heavy, pretty straightforward concepts. Brilliant guy. The second one is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Of course. And uh, the third one is Purple Cow by Seth Godin. I think that if you read those three books and you tie in concepts from all three of them, you've got a pretty solid either business plan or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. All these three guys, just brilliant, brilliant people. Great books, great books. And I remind our listeners, you can find links to these books on Michael's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Michael Senderovich, S-E-N-D-E-R-O-V-I-C-H is the spelling of his name. And you'll find these books listed along with a great area on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's well over a thousand books listed there by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts with quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a wonderful resource library for you. And these three are great books. They all sit on my shelf. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Michael. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any, that's right, any cool collector car on the planet. Money's no object. I'm paying. I'll even cover the insurance, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but here's the rule. You got to keep it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of toys with, and you've got to drive it. No garage queens here at Cars, yeah. So what's it going to be? Well, the garage queen problem is never a problem for me because I drive every single one of my cars, and that is um, the Ferrari F40. There are no negotiations. <laughs> no one will ever try to change my mind, and if you try to do it, won't work. Oh, have you ever been able to drive one? No, but that is one of my life goals is to either have one, drive one. I don't, yeah, let's just put it that way. I'll, uh, I'm going to get to one one of these days. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, I have had the pleasure of getting behind the wheel and it is a, 
incredibly wicked car. I mean, basically analog car. It's basically an F1 car with a, a street body wrapped around it. And it's just, just a beast. Uh, but really cool. I mean, you feel like you're climbing into a race car, which you basically are. So no doubt when you climb into that car, I will advise you one thing. The throttle goes both ways. Be very careful. <laughs> I will try. I'm, I'm a, you know, in the insurance business, so I'll yeah. uh, take care of myself before I get one. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I will get to work. What color would you like that F40 to be? Uh, it's got to be red. Red. There be you red. go. Rosso red. All right. Well, Michael, you've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would. And I want to thank you for sharing your many stories with the Cars Yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Ferrari F40? So my best advice, just go out there and, and do stuff. You said it best. You know, he, uh, when you quoted kind of Shelby or, or Peter Brock, you just got up and did stuff. Yeah. If you don't do anything, you're not going to get any, you know, input or output rather. So just get up. Even if it sucks, go for it and, and just put the work in and eventually something's going to happen. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your businesses and your podcast? Cool. So if you are in a very niche few industries, you can go to ZagerInsurance.com. That's spelled Z-E-Y-G-E-R insurance.com. We are licensed in several states, but we are very particular with the business that we bring on just because we specialize uh, there. And I won't go into too much detail. If you go to the website, you'll see that there. And if you like cool and sometimes stupid and sometimes funny posts about cars and watches, follow me at uh, On Time Mike. So it's O-N-T-I-M-E Mike. I'm sure people can spell Mike. I won't go into that. <laughs> and then the podcast's uh, Instagram is actually at RS Podcast. And on that, we'll do like guest reels and, and I photograph uh, you know most of the cars that come here to our parking lot uh, uh, where we record. So there's a little bit of a kind of a photo essay thing going on. So anything that we can post up there that is, is car enthusiast uh, stuff, we usually do. Very cool. Well, listeners, again, you will find all these links on Michael Schoner's page on the Cars Out website. I'll make sure I put all the listings there, all the links there, so it's really easy to find. Very cool. Check out Road Stories Podcast, a fellow podcaster. Always fun to have podcasters on the show. And again, I'll let my listeners know on all my social platforms when I'm going to be a guest on the show so you can uh, hear some things maybe you haven't heard from me before. Michael, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!